Midwich Cuckoos by John Wyndham. Dramatised for radio in three parts by William Ingram. With Charles Kay as Bernard Westcott, William Gaunt as Richard Gayford, and Manning Wilson as Gordon Zelby. The Midwich Cuckoos, part one. Loud and clear, Echo 1. Your present position. Over. Following the main Midwich road. I see the military have got their roadblocks up. Done a good job. Three mile tailback. You can hear the horn honking from here. Roger, Wrecker. Trouble ahead. Coming up to it now. Quite a bit of it. One fire engine keeled over near side wheel in a ditch. Black saloon car ditto. Man off his bike, a couple of hundred yards further on. I'm coming up to a school bus now. I'd a right shambles. Any movement? Negative base. Leaving the road route now, heading across the fields to Midwich Village itself. Understood. Midwich coming up fast now. Kyle Manor, the Grange. Just passing over the village square. And same story, base. Everything as normal down there, except no movement. Either keeled over like the people back there on the road, or... I don't know, living statues is about as near as you could get to it. Odd. Very odd. No report, please. Over. I've just spotted something. Near the old Abbey ruins, coming up fast now. Definitely out of the ordinary. Pale oval... Now, it's hard to tell from this height. Be like an inverted spoon. Definitely out of the ordinary. Hold on. Uh, I'll, I'll just shoot some film for you boffins to scratch your heads over when I get back. Now, it's only a shadow to go by. It's pretty hopeless. Look, base, uh, I'm going down a bit. Get a closer look. Right, over. Here we go, then. What the hell? where it ended, Colonel. Yeah. Would you like me to play it back to you again, sir? No, no, leave it, Beamish. Heard enough. Sir. <sighs> Did it never occur to anyone to warn the poor devil that roadblocks might not be enough? That this field, this force, call it what the hell you like, might extend upwards as well as laterally? No, apparently not, Colonel. Yeah, apparently not. Get my car around the front. Oh, sir. Revolution in Midwich, Constable? Uh, just manoeuvres, sir. Uh, but I'm afraid the road's impassable. Yeah. But not both roads, surely? Sorry, ma'am. No, we do live there, if it makes any difference. None at all, sir. Your best bet would be to get back to the Eagle, till we get it clear. Your best all round, on account of getting through. I'll walk across the fields, darling. You follow on when the road's clear. Uh, no, ma'am. Uh, not possible, neither. Why, well, not? 
seeing as how you live there and... It's all right, Constable. These people are friends of mine. I'll deal with it. Oh. Yes, sir. Lieutenant? I'm sure. Hello, sir. Mrs. Gaffer. Sorry about that. Uh, sorry we couldn't make it to the manor, Alan. I thought you'd still be tucked up in your cot nursing a gigantic-sized hangover. <laughs> it, uh, it was last night you and Ferrolyn were announcing the engagement, wasn't it? Finally got it out into the open. Gordon and Angela were delighted. Well, I should think so, too. Even if Gordon still kept getting my name wrong, oh. insisting it was common knowledge already. <laughs> <laughs> Heard it from their own lips months ago. Oh, dear Dotty Gordon. <laughs> but, uh, alas, duty called, huh? As you say, sir. It's very mysterious, all this. Indeed, sir. Not just manoeuvres, there. You can't get through because nobody can. Uh-huh. The fact is, we're totally out of touch with me, which first came to light when the telephone exchange refused to answer. The post office people sent a van off to investigate. It never made it. Oh. Neither did a police car. Or a fire engine shortly afterwards. We sent a couple of our own men up to the wreck. They got within a couple of feet, then just dropped like flies. Anyway, we've got some inkling of what's happened. Managed to get this harness contraption around one of the fellows, drag him clear. And? Like driving into some kind of wall, was what he said. One minute everything normal, and the next as though you'd been poleaxed. From what we've been able to make out, it's affected a two-mile radius, with Midwich bang in its centre. Some kind of gas, do you think? For God's sake, Richard, what about... Oh, I'm sorry, Alan. They'll be all right. I'm sure they will. Thanks. Lieutenant Hughes. Sir? If I were you, I'd leave the car. Check in at the Eagle. One hell of a crush, but I dare say they'll be able to squeeze you in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's it. Oh, sorry to have been a bit long, darling. Thought I'd better try and wangle the room for the night while I was at it. Any luck? Not easy. Crossed a sweaty palm and settled for a very expensive linen cupboard right at the top. <laughs> oh, Cheers. idiot. Cheers. Mm. Now, what on earth would he be doing among this little lot, I ask my tiny self? Beg your pardon? Well, it is Richard, isn't it? Richard Gayford? Or are these war-weary eyes deceiving me? I'm sorry, me? I'm, I'm afraid... Uh... Tear away the veil of years, old son. Arden, Reichsfeld. How about the Battle of the Rhine? Bernard. <laughs> right fellows tricked it in Bernard ten. Bernard Westcott, <laughs> but for heaven's sake, I never... Don't say it. A couple of extra chins, a balding pit, and an insidious paunch, and you two could emerge incognito. Darling, this is Bernard B. Bernard. I had gathered. Uh, it's my wife, Janet. Ah. Hello. You always did get far more luck than you deserve. <laughs> Delighted. I've had sit down, about sit you. down. <laughs> Only for a minute, though. Mm. When I knew him, it was Captain Westcott. I know he upped it to Major, but now... Uh... They ran out of pips. Kicked me upstairs into the Bowler Hatton Brolly Brigade instead. That sounds very undercover and mysterious. Even to those involved. Uh, yeah. Well, what'll it be? No, no thanks. I, I really don't have the time. Besides, the way things are popping round here, I'd have thought you'd have some kind of deadline to meet. Deadline? Oh, good Lord. No, I'm not one of the newspaper brigade, if that's what you're thinking. No, I'm still turning out the odd novel, but I'm afraid deadlines, not to mention bylines, are quite beyond me. I simply assumed that with half Fleet Street sprawling all over the lounge, not to mention drinking the cocktail bar uh, dry... Not guilty. Innocent bystanders. Victims of fate, more like. Oh? Yeah. Had to go up to town yesterday. For better or worse, I'm changing the 10%. Agent. So, of course, agent, yes. Yeah. So, of course, the better half here cons me into making a splurge of it. Theatre stalls, Curon Bleu dinner, second honeymoon suite at the Savoy. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, not eight miles from home and still just managing to keep the shirt on my back. Up 
go your barricades and we find ourselves marooned here for the night. Eight miles from home. Uh, not even that if you take the shortcut across the fields, no. Something wrong with that? Your face is... Not breaking any regulations, are we? We live in Midwich, Bernard. Yes, best part of a year now. I see. I see. Significant? It, um... It could be. Mrs. Gayford, uh, Janet, I... I wonder if you could spare me your husband for an hour or two. Spare? You see, it's this Midwich business that's brought me here. I think Richard could help us. Always providing he's willing, of course. Well, find out what's happened. Connected with it. Well, Dick, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. Is it in order to ask who us is? I, um, I could explain it on the way over. Mm, not sure. Darling? Well, I'm thinking of poor Alan's face when he spoke to us in the car just now. Ferrolyn, mm. Gordon, Angela, they're our friends, darling. We, we may not be there, but it doesn't mean we're not involved, a part of it. No. Go, then. I really think you should. Of course I should. I'll bring the car around the front. Yeah, back soon, love. Bye. Oh, Richard, there'll be a lot of top brass there. If they should ask who the hell you are... Yes? Keep mum and leave the rest to me. And that is it, gentlemen. As far as we can tell. Or hazard a guess? With due respect, Colonel. Captain? We've established that the thing is static, invisible, odourless, non-registering on radar, non-echoing on sound, immediate in effect on mammals, birds, reptiles, insects. But as to what it actually is, we haven't a clue yet. Not yet, Group Captain. Is what I said. Chief Constable, you you do realise that whatever the eventual outcome, it's essential the whole incident is kept quiet. Kept quiet, man? Kept quiet? A two-mile circle of the country completely blanketed by this thing, and, and you expect it to be kept quiet? That was the instruction. Security is of the opinion... Damn security. How the hell do they We've done our we best to put it round as some surprise tactical exercise. <laughs> Group Captain Harding. Hmm? Special dispatch, sir. Oh. <clears throat> Here you are, gentlemen. This cost us two good men in one good aircraft. I hope it was worth it. Let's have a look. There it is, sir. Just off centre. Yeah, much the way the poor devil described it. Pale oval, a bit like an inverted spoon. Could be some unusual kind of building. Not a chance. I was round there myself less than a week ago. In which case, our top priority must be to see it doesn't get away. Quite seriously. Yes? Yes. I see. Yes, I'll tell them. Well, ma'am? They're ringing the church bell in Midwich. Crisis over. Crisis over. As for your top priority, Colonel. What? You can forget it. It was either a mirage, or it's no longer with us. What happened? What the devil happened? Daddy? Daddy, where are you? I'm over here, dear. As near as I can make out, propping up the bookcase. Oh. Angela, you, you all right? As far as I can tell. But, but cold. So cold. Yes. Oof. Oh. Not to mention stiff. I don't believe these are my legs at all. If you hear a rattling noise, it's my teeth. Where are they 
ringing the church bell. It's not Sunday, is it? Not unless we've been out cold for the best part of a week. Uh, here's a rug each. Oh. Uh, I'll see if I can get a fire going. It's dead as a dodo. Fire. Fire. You know, it's odd that I should have to live this long before appreciating the underlying sunness of fire worship. Uh, how are you feeling, old girl? I survived. What happened? What on earth could have happened, Gordon? Well, if no one knows, I remember seeing Alan off, and you would insist on popping that other bottle of champagne. <laughs> Don't be idiotic, Daddy. <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed, I think, the sticks of cork. Marilyn, Angela! In here, Alan. Oh, thank God. Darling, are you all right? Apart from doing a very good impersonation of Eskimo now, I've never felt better. You'll have to excuse us not getting up. Our joints seem to have cemented. What happened, Alan? What on earth happened? If the truth were known, I think they're all as much in the dark as you are. Positively Stygian, then. Anyway, first things first. Do your best with that fire, darling. There'll be hot drinks in a jiffy. Ooh. Hot <gasps> drinks in a jiffy. Such music in a simple phrase. I'll take my black, thanks. Well, it's damn good of you to give us a lift back. See how anxious you're getting. At least my official clerk let us through before the rest of the pack. Hmm. Ah. Sides, for a dinner like that, I'd have driven you to hell and back. Thank you, kind sir, she said. Except you're not here on behalf of the good food guide, are you, Bernard? Richard. <laughs> good old Richard. Nobody's fool. So just stop treating me like one. How far have you got? About you? It's a start. Well, uh, to begin with, I'm not letting the uh, Donegal Tweed and Fisherman's Hat fool me. Judging from the amount you contributed, or at least managed not to contribute, to that meeting this afternoon, I'd say intelligence in one of its many guises, right? There are various angles. You're right about something else, too. I came because I had a proposition to make. I still do. So why don't we hear it? Essentially, it's this. Hmm? We feel it's pretty important for us to keep an eye on this place for some time, to know what goes on here. Now, we could introduce one of our own men to keep us posted, but he'd have to start from scratch. If, on the other hand, we could get someone who already knows the place, is accepted. I get by, the drift. But don't think too much of him. No, not much. It rather sounds as if you're asking us to spy on our friends and neighbours. I think a professional would suit you better. This is our home, Bernard. We're part of the community. Which is why I can ask it. Oh? Unless I'm much mistaken, the community may well have need of someone who has its welfare at heart to keep an eye on it. But <laughs> almost everybody in this village has been exposed to a curious and totally unfamiliar phenomenon. Well, whatever it was they saw or thought they saw on the aerial photograph. Hmm. And now you and all the rest of the place are assuming it's all over and finished with well, it. Why? Come, it's gone, so why not? They simply came and did nothing. Went away again and had no effect on anything. I don't know. No visible effect? No visible effect. Go on, Bernard. Well, it means rather little nowadays, doesn't it? I mean, you can, for instance, have quite serious doses of X-rays, gamma rays with no immediate visible effect. Well, it's all right, we've checked nothing. But something that we were unable to detect was present. Something quite unknown to us that is capable of inducing, well, let's call it artificial sleep. Now, that is a very remarkable phenomenon, quite inexplicable to us, not a little alarming. 
Do you really think one is justified in airily assuming that such a peculiar incident can just happen and then cease to happen and have no effect? Oh, it might be, of course. But surely one should keep an eye on things, if only to see whether such is the case. Or not. Now you're making it sound like some kind of welfare work. I am, aren't I? Just what are you expecting to happen here, Bernard? Would I be asking your help if I already knew? Isn't Daddy joining us? Mm -hmm. Oh, no. He's been up and gone since dawn. One of his long walks was what he said. When he runs out of steam and can't work out where he is, he'll be ringing up and expecting us to get him home again. <laughs> oh, that coffee must be stone cold. Let me give no, you some. No, thanks, though. You haven't even touched that egg. Oh, isn't it fresh? I just don't feel... Oh, very eggy. That's all. As a matter of fact, Angela... Yes? I was sick this morning. I see. Funny thing is, so was I. Horrid, isn't it? What I'm trying to tell you is it's a very special kind of being sick. Kind that happens when you're expecting a baby. Angela? So was mine. But it's not possible. That's what I keep telling myself. Oh, darling, I didn't know. No, no, it's all right. No, really it is. Well, it's against all odds, let's face it. From my age point of view, well... Well, possible, but only just. As for your father, three grandchildren by his first marriage, but as far as we were concerned, I... I, I don't think it occurred to either of us... Um, that's all. <laughs> you see... Oh, darling. Angela. Oh, that It's all over. You see, I, I never actually believed it myself. But telling it to someone else suddenly made it real. Oh, I'm thoroughly selfish, too. I'm, I'm so sorry, dear. Oh, you needn't be. I just don't feel weepy about it. I feel frightened. Frightened? But why on earth should you be? It may not be proper, of course, but certainly no need to start getting puritanical about it. The first thing to do is to make sure you're right. I am right. Well, then. But I don't understand it. What's there to understand? Alan certainly won't let you down. He adores you. He does, doesn't he? You're the one that keeps postponing the wedding date. Now there'll be no excuse. Oh, quite the contrary. As far as Alan's concerned. It wasn't Alan, you see. No. No, not anybody. You see, that's why I'm frightened. I'm terribly frightened. <laughs> frightened to the point of hysteria. Some of them are my patients. In your own case, Zellaby, 
Wife and daughter involvement is only too obvious. But what of the others? Unknown as yet, are on the verge of God knows what. Uh, how many would you estimate? You're asking me to be specific, Vicar? Well, you must have some idea. 65 to 70. It's rough, I admit, but I think you'll find it about the number of women of childbearing age in the village. Dear God! Dear God. But how, Doctor? Beyond me, I'm afraid. That's why I asked Zellaby along. If not specifically his field, at least the benefit of... Um, Insight? <laughs> Which doesn't enter into it at all, I'm afraid. Apart from normal conception, there are three scientific alternatives that suggest themselves. One, parthenogenesis. That's to say, by means other than sexual. Mm, but never known in higher forms, certainly not mammals. Mm. Two, artificial insemination. I'm inclined to dismiss it. Yes, Doctor. Yes, yes, so am I. In which case? Possibility number three, Vicar. Implantation. The production of a form that could be unlike that of the parent, or should one perhaps say host. It wouldn't be the true parent. I'd been hoping that might not occur to them. Yes, I hope, my dear doctor, you'd do better to abandon. Or the possibility might not occur to them straight away, but it's one the more intelligent are bound to arrive at before long. In which case, all the births are going to occur over a very limited period, mm -hmm. uh, around... Uh, the end of June, first week in July. Assuming the period of pregnancy to be normal, of course. What worries me most is how to decrease their anxiety and not increase it. One thing for sure, it's imperative we do our damnedest to stop this implantation idea getting around. For as long as it's humanly possible. Yes, even in propitious circumstances, the prospect of birth is awesome enough. If the mother had any reason to suspect it might be some totally inexplicable alien form of life... It might drive her mad, Vicar. Right, better get that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Help yourself to a drink. Oh, yes. uh, you too, Vicar. You've earned one. Ah, yes. Uh, perhaps just a small one, then. Right. Yeah. Thanks. I'm reading your mind, Vicar. Oh. The need for a woman to take the helm in all this. Well, I should have thought it obvious. Mm -hmm. And equally obvious that you have my wife in mind to fit the bill. Yes, I, I do, Zellaby. Why the devil should she? Just because they trust her absolutely, treat her as some latter-day Lady Bountiful? They do, don't they? Well, it's none of her choosing. She inherited the chores when she was idiotic enough to marry me. They simply do, Zellaby. An emergency? Not any more. Well? One of the, um, one of the hands up at Staples Farm. The youngest girl, Julie. Little more than a child. Seventeen, eighteen at most. Anyway, nothing to be done. What happened? She hanged herself from a beam. Nothing to say why she did it. Not too difficult to make an educated guess. One of our... Statistics, gentlemen. In conclusion, ladies, ladies of Midwich, I thank you for being here. I appreciate the courage and openness it takes for you to be sitting before me now. <coughs> something, something very strange has happened here, not just to one or two of us, but to almost all who are capable of bearing children. Nobody but a child or a childish person expects life to be fair. It's not. And the months ahead are going to be harder on some of us than others. Yes. Nevertheless, 
fair or unfair, like it or not, we're all of us, married and single alike, in the same boat. And I'm glad and happy to be counted among you, except that those of us who don't have the love of a husband to help them will have more need of sympathy and care. But, but this is our affair. You must all know how the cheap papers seize on anything to do with births, particularly anything unusual. But they make a peep show of it, as if the people concerned were freaks in a fairground. The parents' lives, their homes and their children are no longer their own. Well, I, for one, do not intend to lose my child that way. And I expect and hope that all of you will feel the same. Yes. Yes, the would-be intruders and interlopers and sensation seekers will be around in force. But it's in our power to see that it remains Midwich's affair. To be managed, not as some ministry or newspaper tycoon decides, but as the people of Midwich wish it decided. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ah, Dr. Willis. Is it all right if I join you? Mm. Join away. Join away. A bit drunk, I'm afraid. Never the intention of getting a damn sight drunk up. Why, any particular reason? Wetting the baby's head, aren't I? What better? Just a divider baby, you see, one of our extra, extra special babies. But surely... I... It's premature. So, I had to give him a helping hand. I see. Was it uh, all right? Perfect. Perfect. After all that waiting and worrying, nothing wrong at all. Perfect. Except for... Well? The eyes. It's got golden eyes. In part one of The Midwich Cuckoos by John Wyndham, dramatised for radio by William Ingram, Charles Kay was Bernard Westcott, William Gaunt, Richard Gayford, and Manning Wilson, Gordon Zellaby. Angela Zellaby was Pauline Yates, Ferrolyn, Jenny Quayle, Janet Gayford, Rosalind Adams, Alan Hughes, Gordon DeLue, Dr. Willers, Hugh Dixon, and Vicar Leabody, William Ingram. Colonel Latcher was Gerard Green, Captain Beamish, Martin Ransley, Group Captain Harding, Peter Tudnam, and the Chief Constable, Ronald Baddeley. The policeman was played by David Peart, the pilot by Alex Jennings, and his controller at base by Edward Cast. The technical presentation was by Gareth Watson, and the music specially composed by Roger Lim of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. The Midwich Cuckoos was a BBC World Service drama production directed by Gordon House.